Hey guys, for the extra Sunday content, as well as bonus weekly content on top of that, go to our Patreon link in the description and find the Black Kluge tier or higher and subscribe. <laughs> Just do me a favor. If five years from now, I was right. You tell me. All right. Thank you. If we're still speaking. Oh. Jeez, he's such a... See, even that, he's oh, nasty. Yeah. Maybe I'll stop looking. talking to you. Yeah, I'll stop talking. Well, I don't threaten people. No. And, what, and what's so great about it is, is that if I met you in person, you wouldn't have the balls to come up and say that to me. Because I'd sock you in the fucking head. And probably deck you. When I was a little kid, yeah, he just slowed it down. When I was a little kid, my dad would take me to ball games. I would sit there with my hands over my head. I was so scared they'd get hit by a ball. I was going to look for a Nikki Hilton. Wait, you, but you see, those good-looking rich kid, rich uh, girls, they don't go for a guy like me because they don't need my money. But how, it's my mind, not my penis. <laughs> have to train. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on training my penis. That's where I've been going wrong. That's why I lost half my money. <laughs> I can't believe my penis. Uh, train the mind. Homo. All you do is mooch off of people. You do nothing. That's, You're a big homo. That's not entirely true. What do you do? Really? <laughs> I'm bisexual and I don't mooch off everybody. The single best thing about going out with Howard is that we get courtside seats to the Knicks game. Yeah, we loved it. Damn. <laughs> when did how, you have your interviews? During how, the day. How, how am I supposed to find a new job? Send out smoke signals? You know, anybody would leave that job at you after us. And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't, you know, I just that those days are over. I've, I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to, to find out what a shithead I am. But look at your hair. I mean, every curl was manufactured. It's terrific. And you're a radio guy. You're not even on TV. I am on TV. I'm on demand. And I was on E for 11 years. Yeah. It was the number one show on E for It was exciting. You and John Rivers, I couldn't get enough of that. I mean, Gary's got a wife and kids. And if I leave, who the fuck is going to hire him? Just help me out. Turn out the lights so I don't have to pay the electric bill every minute. Ah, uh, oh, it makes me sick. The hair is real, and I and I don't and I don't color, and I don't color. Don't get too frisky. I mean, if I'm thinking of a good yank, you wouldn't know. Just... No, no, it wouldn't all fall out. No, I have my own hair, and you dye it. Obviously. I do not color it. As you can see, what? I have some gray in it. But no, I'm very blessed. My my no, grandfather. Look me in the eye, I'm repeating. I swear on a stack of Bibles that I don't color. That three months into this relationship, that you told him, Howard, this relationship is all about you. Oh, I think I knew that from day one, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. It's all about him, Ed. We watch TV, what he wants to watch. We eat. We wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. We go to bed at 8. We... I love it, though. It's yeah. my life. Welcome, ladies and gents, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me for this ride is Sam. How are you, my dear? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> We are covering, finally, we, we decided we wanted to do this ages ago, but we are finally getting through some of the e-interview shows that were um, uh, something he did after the Channel 9 show was shit-canned. And this was um, something that in 1992 to 1994-ish, I think, it lasted, and there were about 27 episodes. So the very first one was Gary Shandling. Now, have you do, you, do you remember what you've... Do you remember what are your thoughts on that show now, just off the top of your head, from what you recall? Um, I've watched a few of them on YouTube. They're just brutal. It's 
<laughs> it's unbelievable that this went on for as many episodes as it did, I thought. And, you know, you want you almost want uh, somebody during them to make it stop or somebody <laughs> to come in. You know, if somebody's kind of floundering, they have something to bounce off of, but not in mm. this case. So it's just flailing and failing. Mm-hmm. I think, and at this time, guys, we will give Howard credit for the E Network just using this. It is called bait programming. Uh, they, they knew that uh, Howard had some kind of pull, at least in the New York area. And so they thought if they could get people to subscribe, to, and subscribe to get that time cable television, they had to pay extra to get E. Uh, this might be a way to do it if they knew he was on TV and it, the format was irrelevant. It's Howard Stern. He doesn't have a, a video uh, format yet. So why don't we try to get on top of this? And this was the format they decided to go as a pure interview show, not ha- probably never having seen the Fox pilots because they were never broadcast. Right. And I also think you know, you can get a sound clip from some of these that sounds enticing to mm-hmm. generate press and to generate click, not clicks, but generate eyes on it. So, mm-hmm. oh, they're talking about this hot thing or this topic. So that might have helped it along. But overall, once you saw the thing in its entirety, it's a, an abomination. <laughs> well, they, the apparently it was successful in the sense that they... For for E it was uh, something to attach themselves to. He he was he was an up and he was coming. He was up and coming, and it was good for E. And I think he deserves a little credit for that. But it wasn't a good show. It was literally just we are desperate for Howard stuff video wise on TV. Anything we can get. And I found it fascinating that he agreed to do this thing without the rest of the crew. And what we're going to hear from is Robin talking a little bit about why she thinks it didn't work. But you know it's all narcissism because she was jealous she wasn't on the fucking, on the on the TV with him. I mean, it's narcissism and it just was terrible, so. It was, yeah. So here's, here's what she has to say about this from the history of Howard Stern. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, you know, we could all do projects on our own. Um... I don't know. I understand and I agree that Howard does incredible interviews, but I don't see him. He's much more interesting usually than the people he's interviewing. And that's why I don't see him as just an interviewer. And one of the great things about when we have a person in our environment is that you can also perform and be whoever we are. You know, he can be Howard, I can be Robin, I can bring him into the interview, you know, because if there's a particular subject that the guest is talking about, I can say to Howard, well, could you do that? Or, you know, and it's much more interesting what Howard has to say, you know, even if the person's talking about a threesome, you know, it's much more interesting for me. That's retarded. She what you know what in the middle of what her saying this, she realized it sounds negative towards him, so she has to dress it up and say, he's more interesting than anybody he's interviewing. Well it's me, me, it's me, 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 me. And then, oh, but (laughs) dot dot dot. No, the thing is it is very detached. It sounds like it doesn't sound like a complete thought. Well, there's that, but also she's um 
I mean, I already mentioned that she's upset she's not part of this whole project. She was probably happy it failed uh, because people have to realize he had to fly out to L.A. to record these in addition to doing his show, like the road radio show, which was a hell of a lot of work. Oh, yeah, especially for him. He hated all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he still wasn't comfortable on the air, as you'll see. This is just a complete cringe fest. But I think she realized, like right now, I better lather something up because he, um, he he'll, he'll hear this back and he'll get pissed off at me for saying it. Yes. Yes. And he would. Yeah. It's also like um, Howard, again, likes the idea of being a Johnny Carson and Oprah Winfrey, but he doesn't want to do the work. God, no. And the listeners, I think, for me to say, Howard, do you think you could ever do that in your marriage? Could you bring in a third person? Because he's going to be more animated. He's going to be more interesting. I mean, because people who are having threesomes usually are bored to tears, and that's why they had the threesome in the first place. And so that's what I thought was the problem with the program, because he would have to focus on these people who were less interesting. No, the problem the problem he had was because he is not interesting enough on his own to sustain any of these types of shows. And he's not interesting enough. I mean, we see him. I've said it many times about his talk show appearances. They're brutal. Most of them are all brutal. Very. Yeah. So anybody wants to, you know, uh, just go for it and, you know, just throw a rock, hit one. On YouTube, watch it. You tell us what you think. I, I hated most of his fucking his uh, live appearances on these shows because it was just it was like that Billy West impression. Stand up, wave your arms around, you know, yell, take over the fucking interview. There is no interview. Nothing gets nothing really gets said. And you're left with no entertainment. Yeah, it's stick. All yeah. stick. So here we go, guys, with the first episode with Gary Shandling. And I've done what I can with the audio, and I apologize in advance for any kind of tape hiss, but this is coming from VHS, so you got to bear with us. I'm not coming out. <laughs> oh. This, whoever whoever decided that this should be the opening with a close up on that mug with yeah. this music should be immediately sh- fired, you know, beat with a shovel. I don't know. It's just the worst idea. Who uh, he had to have approved this and thought wonderful. I look great. He totally approved it, and he does think he looks good on some level. And actually, the idea is that is is something that nowadays they would just CGI. They wouldn't have a piece of glass with this print on it and have him, you know, go up to it. They would just add these effects digitally. Uh, and, and but he looks he looks like a complete flamer. That's that's my. He's I mean, ugly just, anyway. But it's just bad. It's just because he thinks he looks, you know. Almost like how you would think you look at an Instagram filter today. Yeah. That's how he thinks he looks. So he's impressed Mm -hmm. by it. And because of that reason, he approved this embarrassment. But yet he spends every single episode asking what he looks like and how they think he looks. And it's it's you guys will hear it for yourself. But he talks about this intro in the episode, which is like, who who cares about this? And nobody this is like no different than the Fox pilots when he goes, uh, how am I looking? All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got a big show here. Who's on Robin? It, no, no ability to go off the cuff. Just 
blather. It's radio, but it's TV. It's not. It's still radio. That in his mind, that's what he's thinking. So, well, what if on Saturday Night Live, one of the cast members just turned to like Taylor Swift and said, "Hey, did you see that opening with that? Uh, you know, the saxophone. <laughs> How do you think I looked in that in that clip?" Right. Like Keenan just... Thomas doing that. It's just right. so ridiculous. Right. Do these boots make me look tough? Well, look at this. My first show, the Howard Stern interview. And who am I sitting here with? Gary Shandling. Gary, on a scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, evaluate the open to this show where I am swishing back and forth with my head swaying in the wind. Okay, before we continue, oh. guys, I'm going to say right off the bat, I want someone out there, if you guys please do a, some kind of head count on the amount of times he does this on a scale of one to ten, like it's the fucking Letterman show all over again. He does it at least five times. He won't oh, shut up good. about it. This is how creative he is. Uh, not to mention, you know, we're in the Jesse Consopolis, Uncle Jesse mullet <laughs> times a thousand Yeah. on that head of his. It's so bad. And he's got his finger in his face. And look at Gary's face. Like, uh, what? Well, he was shaking his head the whole time. And he like Gary Shandling has never been the most comfortable on screen in any incarnation. I think that's partly his, it's just his personality. Um, and he doesn't have to do bluster to try to get away from it. He just accepts. I eh, don't really, yeah, this isn't for you were me, that kind of thing. I mean, it looks like, you know, when you make home movies and you're the kid who go, puts your ca your face in front of the camera in a home movie up close, what are you supposed to say about this? I'm supposed to evaluate this gif? What, well, what about at a wedding when people are used to video and they go table to table and they focus on your face and you're supposed to say something witty or charming or, lo you know, a nice sentiment to the and people are, you know, they're looking at the camera and they're transfixed, but they can't think of anything to say. Yeah, that's, or they just, the you know, wink yeah, or clink their glass. like, And so, then you ask somebody to judge that moment. What are you <laughs> supposed to say? I was drunk. <laughs> and he's and he's it's he's doing this to a comic, a stand up who's able to be able to tear him to pieces if he needs to. If you guys will recall, Gary Shandling goes back to the comedy store days with Letterman, Leno, um, all those guys, Tom Dreesen. So he's no and he, he by this point, he still has his first um, uh, his first show, uh, the sad, which the was sad brilliant. Part, the sad part is, too. This continues throughout his entire life. Like mm -hmm. when he does new promos for Sirius or when mm -hmm. he takes new pictures, when he used to put out the uh, when he interviewed somebody and he'd take a picture with them. Yep. In the group, he would always say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? It never stopped. Yeah. So, guys, count the amount of times he stands up in any of these interviews and also count just certain repetitious things that he does. So here we go. The, uh, uh, I would give myself a 10. Right. I saw that. You were I funny. Would, I would give you actually, a, I like the opening. You like it. I like on it. On a scale I, of one to 10. I'd be honest with you. Is that a 10? I'm putting towards the monitor. <laughs> That's not a rig. <laughs> do you want me to, do you want me to rewind that a little? I'm good. Okay. That's right. Is it there? Now, there I am. I come up to it. Now, here's the move I like. This this looks kind of effeminate. Wait, you that's a, a little more. <laughs> Wait, that's effeminate. <laughs> looks like he's dropping down to blow the cameraman. 
Oh my god, you think? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Imagine you wake up next to this. Oh, stop. <laughs> but that looks like I'm trying to be uh, Christy Brinkley or yeah. something. Yeah, no. But it, I think I look handsome. Well, let's say you do? Like you got a lot. What about that hoop earring? Did he have an earring at that point? <laughs> that's something that's something Rosie Perez wore into the right thing. <laughs> a lot of makeup on. What you right. do there? A uh, scale then, of one to ten, do I look effeminate? Ten being the most effeminate, one being the least effeminate. 11, do I look effeminate? Eleven. In That's 11. an eleven of effeminate, <laughs> which is not necessarily bad. No, I think it's a lot nice. of men are attracted to uh, women, so you've got to score. On a scale of one to ten, do you think I'm attractive? You know, you. I... <laughs> <laughs> Howard, look at this picture, and you tell us what you think. He gave you an 11 for a feminine. And then he says, well, you know, and then he's sitting next to you and you look like a hobgoblin in, (laughs) you know, a fucking uh, Motley Crue wannabe video. It's just so bad. He looks like one of those which one of those Muppets, not uh, Dr. Teeth. I'm trying to think of which one on the Muppet show, the 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 big blue one that the eagle. (laughs) <laughs> that one oh. I forget his name anyway he's hideous on and, and this is of course his correct angle the one he likes or whatever we're not going to critique so much the um the set or the dressing because it's 1992 it was we get it yeah. it was of the it was time 19, yeah. 1992 in in fashion and i just recently watched this clip of uh, Cindy Crawford she was doing fashion for um she was a part of like that show or whatever I don't. I forgot what it was for. It was for MTV. It was like okay. a fashion show or something. And she would interview celebrities on red carpets. And I remember they were uh, shoulder pads and jackets were a big thing. Oh, big time! Yeah, especially during that time. So it wasn't I, House I, of Style or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. It was House of Style. So you know, even like the really manly celebrities were wearing these shoulder pads. Right. Like David Byrne and fucking <laughs> Talking Heads video. I was going to bring my high school picture because I look like you in high school. I saw really? you for your high school picture and we look like you look uh, good. The first thing people say when you come in here, I said, so how's it how's it going to be? This is uh, how, how does everybody feel? Howard looks great. Is all you think my said. hair is stupid? All they say is Howard looks great. I yeah. said, what's he going to ask me? Doesn't matter. Howard looks great. Howard well, great. by the way, let me just say for the first E-show, I am being dressed by Henry Duarte. Very nice. And this is a, they told me I needed longer jackets to cover my ass. Oh, my God. And he's wearing that hoop, one hoop, and I don't know what's dangling off of it. But remember, like, the Janet Jackson music videos? She used to wear the one earring. Yeah. And, oh, my God, what is he doing? He's standing up. We're still going on about what you look like you're in an interview show how is this not on the cutting room floor this this should be this shouldn't even be an outtake this should be like okay we don't need to start recording yet yeah this should have went on before you said record yeah and i think that's ultimately what he should have done it's like something i i said to raven when we first started this um she would uh, originally when we started recording uh, QF, she I could tell she was very tense, more like much more nervous because she had never done a podcast before. And I told her, well, let's just ch- let's just talk about for five minutes about chit chat about bullshit. So you're forget you're on 
you forget you're being recorded and it worked. Now we can just go right into it. It's not a big deal. By the time that's necessary, like to break the ice or even if for, for yourself or the guest, the guest might be nervous. You have to like, let's set them at ease. He's no Carson. Carson would make people feel welcome. Whether they bombed or not was up to them and the well, audience. This is the icebreaker. Yeah. Look at my ass. What do I, what do I look like? What do you like I my guess hair? Ra- <laughs> Ralph didn't dress him. So. Oh, he did. He was his stylist at this point. But he just said so-and-so dressed him. He just named somebody. He named the designer. like the. Oh, the, oh got it. Okay, the, so he's naming who made that fucking right. jacket. Got it. Right, but it was and clearly out of... the pants that aren't tailored correctly and... Okay. <laughs> it was clearly out of Ralph's playbook. So. Uh... Well, please, not in my face. Look please. at that. <laughs> he looks like an usher. I, but I, yeah. I have to tell you, let's talk about the set. The set looks a little bit like not since Playboy After Dark. All kidding aside, we're in that area of... <laughs> Scale of 1 to 10? Uh, it's it's like I used to have a van like this in the this 60s. This is a van. It's you a little like a van. Called? Do you know what this is called? I, I don't know what this is called. I don't know what... I guess This, this is called a banquette. This is what wow. we... This is not a couch. This is a banquette. Mm-hmm. It's good to meet you, yeah. Gary, because you... It really is. The set is like a lounge mm-hmm. in a, you know, some '90s club. Early '90s club, absolutely. Early '90s chic. A lot of pastel colors, uh, dark but very colorful. Like supposedly inviting, but ultimately really just loud. The purple really screams out here. <laughs> Big time. Mm-hmm. You are a talk show fan. You went right from Banquet to Nice to Meet You. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Don't you evaluate me as I go along. (laughs) This is not an easy job. No, it isn't. This is something called the E-Channel. On a scale of 1 to 10, how easy is it to get the (laughs) E-Channel at your house? On a scale of 1 to 10, how easy is it to escape this fucking shit show? That's another on a scale to 1 to 10 question. That's That's three inside of three minutes. He is the dumbest person alive and he has not prepared for five seconds and he can't freewheel without his minions around no he can't normally he'd have jackie in there riffing at something or some sound effects it's just him he's scared he's scared shitless and this is what ben stern god rest your soul ben um this is what ben stern said early on you need robin you need someone in there you had good chemistry you need people in there with you so even though you say Robin's a narcissist and yeah, that was a blathering answer. I yeah. think that she's right. She he does need Robin. Yeah, she didn't want he to needs say his it. Blankies. She she didn't want to have to say it though because she knows that would that would upset him. But um, I think all of them realized that they were necessary for him to make it. He never believed that any of them had anything to do with his success. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> A scale of one to ten, Sam. Is it taking a multiple choice question on an right. interview? Like, how interesting is this? Imagine filling out a Scantron. That's the extent of this. Pretty much. Uh, actually, at my house, it's 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 a ten to it's get at my house. I can't pick it up at my house. I can get it easily at my house. A lot of pressure on me for this show. <laughs> a lot of pressure on me for this show, Gary. Just hang with me. A lot of pressure on you. Why? Well. Why does anybody need to know that? And why is this entire segment not on the cutting room floor? You need a lot of pressure. Okay, well, you got the show. That was the pressure. And now you got it. So you better deliver. What a clown. He's he's such a hapless 
hapless fucking dweeb. Um, wasn't the Chevy Chase show 93-ish, 92, 93? It was something like that, yeah. Okay. He went on about how awful the Chevy Chase show was, and it was. If anybody wants to look at the Goldie Hawn episode, which is at least a segment of it, it is. on YouTube, he's clearly way uncomfortable which you wouldn't think from a guy like Chevy. He'd been in major movies, hit movies, well, SN, first season of SNL, a live show, and, you know, super hip, and had a, quite a long career at that point. But he clearly was frightened to death of this show for some reason. Because that was it, that, because that was Chevy, and because the characters we saw in SNL or in his movies is actor Chevy. So it's very different. I feel like. And because Chevy had to be this, he now we come to find after years and decades of people working with him, what a dick he is. He's Mm -hmm. not the you know, he's not the warmest human being. He's not the most inviting and engaging person. He's actually quite an asshole. So it's it's it was a definite um, spotlight on how he is in real life. Which is why it failed. And it's why this failed. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, apparently this show did well enough for it. But I think it was just a matter of we need programming. We've got programming here, programming. And this isn't like other talk shows. But it's it's almost like you're watching. It is train wreck television any way you slice it. No one was going to watch this and be entertained by actual anecdotes. You were only going to be entertained if you wanted to watch a train wreck. Well, I think of it like this. Remember Bravo? They start. They were not really anything until right. that Real Housewives came out. And when mm-hmm. I remember watching that first season, and it was the mm-hmm. Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay. Yeah, that's right. This was as real as you got. I mean, it was just train wreck television, and it's it's so different now, and it's so overly produced and now they have hair and makeup and they have the whole thing. It wasn't like that in the beginning when it started, when Andy brought this franchise into the, into the fray. Right. And I think as it got, as it got um, more cities and more people watching it, they realized, okay, we're going to have to kind of manicure this a little. We're going to, we're going to have to, make this a little different. We're going to have to do different variations, even from the the shows they did afterwards where they, you know, interviewed them all for reunion shows. He mm-hmm. pivoted. He realized what worked, what didn't. That's right. We're going to, and then we're going to grow this thing. And it's a fucking machine now. Oh, so God, yeah. I think when you watch something like this, you should see that episode and say, okay, you can't do A, B, and C. We have to change A, B, and C. And that never happened. It just kept the train wreck kept going. There yeah. was no, there was not one breath of like, okay, maybe we need to change this up. Maybe you need yeah. to not do that. Maybe we should try this styling. Maybe we should stop saying one to 10. I mean, yeah. there was none of that. Well, you, 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 we got it from the Jackie interview that we did. He, he wasn't going to take kindly to any suggestion from anybody. And that was documented in the Colford book as well later on when we start talking about this. There's, no, there's not too much in the Colford book about this particular show. But think of the Jerry Lewis talk show, the aborted talk show that was a, <laughs> like a monumental debacle. It was, and th- we're talking about a guy that was way higher on the 
you know, on the level of fame than Howard at this point in his career. And he had all the money, all the writers, all the right things going for it, except that it was just it's one of the most amazing pieces of shit you'll ever watch on YouTube. The Jerry Lewis show that was um, it was meant to be like Johnny Carson. It was meant to be like The Tonight Show. And it was a bomb. And he by his own admission, he said, this didn't work. And they spent so much fucking money on it. So it's because it takes a certain person. It takes a certain person. And same with podcasting. You know, people could say, oh, this is easy. I'll just get a mic and I'll just do this. You have to have some sort of something to be able to make people listen to you. By the way, this reminds me of recently that Meghan Markle fake duchess who moved to Montecito in a mansion to escape the you know, a horrendous oppressment of royalty. <laughs> she just came out with his archetypes podcast and her first interviews were Serena Williams and Mariah Carey. And she sounds like she compared herself to Nelson Mandela. Oh, She's wonders what, and guess how many people it took to make this podcast after two years of signing this deal with Spotify, 28 people, 28 people to create a podcast. I think about us in our, you know, <laughs> My $70 mic and, you know, $25 boom arm. And I want to say, are you kidding me, lady? Right. Is it is it a video show or just like audio? Well, I listen to it audio. I'm not sure if it's video. I have to okay. I have to check. But it's still it's so brutal. If it's that's 28 so people, there's probably about, I don't know, 25 too many because you don't really need other people to do the schlepping if you can you can figure it out by yourself. At any rate, guys, we're going back to this. And I guess I, I, I have to remember the timeline of when we recorded uh, the Fox pilot, the first episode. I don't remember the chronology. And then we also did the Channel 9 roast, which was after that. And I think whatever whichever order we did it in, I remember thinking he, he did this Channel 9 roast after – the failure of the Fox pilots to get picked up and never learned a fucking thing. And now he's going to try this other format in Los Angeles, granted, and maybe, who knows, a very low budget. It looks clearly low budget, and it's just an interview pared down to just him and a guest, so it doesn't need a lot of money, really. Um, the editing, the, the, the everything would be post-production that would cost the most money and obviously a salary, but he still hasn't learned about himself that he's not that interesting. I Also... When we recorded those, I have this memory that I have to put out of my brain. So it's like Mm. it was so painful. Yes. And to watch that, I sometimes when you say, oh, yeah, when we did the Fox pilot, I'm like, did we do the Fox pilot? Because I was so I was so skeeved out and cringe (laughs) that I just put it out of my head. That's how I feel about it. So when we're Without, bringing this up, I'm having these like repressed memories. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, a lot of people don't talk about these particular shows because they almost seem like an afterthought. And that's kind of because they were um, because he, you know, a lot of the guests would be repetitious. He'd, he'd be have them on the radio show. Then he'd have, go to L.A. and interview them again, which is probably why yeah. he felt like, let's stop doing this. It's kind of pointless because he's not exactly a workaholic. And I mean, at one point he was. But the thing I remember thinking about that Fox pilot was when they did the um, the biggest sad sack or whatever, our biggest hard luck case. And they had Grandpa Al Lewis yeah. and they had recently. That, 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 that was only the good part I like was Grandpa Al. And every single one of them had it were more interesting than him. 
Yeah, we wanted him to shut up now that I'm, you know, this is all flashing. By the way, look at this image we're looking at. Look at Howard's neck and chin and that turkey. That doesn't go away. So when he got that liposuction and, you know, his jaw shaving that he did and the chin yeah. implant, obviously, you can totally tell, especially in these episodes, when you see this uh, totally obvious and remarkable you know, yeah, especially by worm. comparison, he must have taken an inch off that nose. That and that neck. Everyone told me not to do this. <laughs> a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of pressure on. Don't me. be concerned about how your guests feel. Hold it a second. There's a lot. How of do you think I feel? You haven't stopped. I, I feel so awkward, and you're going a lot of pressure on me. No, my a new lot show. Of, you don't feel awkward. You're having a good time. First oh, of all, uh, what? You're a big I, fan of my. I feel was, awkward. You're, I mean, this you, was pretty. You, this is pretty standard bullshit. Remember the Robin Williams interview? That was like six years earlier. No different. It's so bizarre, though. It's uh, you're telling me how much pressure you feel. I'm the guest, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm the one. Now that has to I deliver. feel awkward on top of awkward because you don't know what you're doing. Yes, that's that's the that's the cringe. You're, you're the cringe. You guys are watching. We're feeling. Imagine being Gary sitting down next to this fucking goblin. Oh, my back's my back is starting to sweat. I hate this. <laughs> and something that would help me with the first show is if you would kiss my ass a little bit and tell me how great I am. T talk <gasps> about why you listen to me on the radio and why you are excited about my television and movie career. <laughs> me, 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 I, my, e, me, me, me. What about me? Oh my God, this is like you know when you go to school the first few days and they're like. Okay, you don't know anybody. Go into groups. Okay. And now you have to tell everybody what what's your favorite color and what you did this summer or something. <laughs> and it's like, and then you have to stand up and you have to report on other people and you want to kill the teacher. You hate everyone in your class. And you're like, why is this happening? <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of the level of embarrassment I feel for people. I remember one of my best friends had to do a speech on something, and we were all not allowed to have cue cards. This was like elementary mm -hmm. school. We're meant to memorize it. He did memorize it, but he got nerves. The butterflies hit him, and he just choked on like he in the middle of a word. Then he started sweating, and then he started crying because he couldn't remember, Aww. and the teacher would not help him. And we... <laughs> We fucking lost it. <laughs> Laughed. <laughs> and the teachers, you know, like, oh, God, that's, that's, that's you guys, you know, calm down, calm down. It's okay. And then she helped him. But she really wanted to stress. She was a hard ass. She wanted us to do as best as we could without memorizing. That's what I feel for, I guess, Gary, but Howard by association. The level of embarrassment I feel is, I can't even begin to describe it other than that situation it's you have to be a guest on a show and the guy who's interviewing you is doubling your uncomfort your uncomfort just yeah discomfort. Discomfort. yeah yeah you're, they're they're just piling it on by this and it's not and by the way this hasn't stopped since he started this is still going yeah this is still going yeah, and I don't think it'll ever stop. And it, whether it's the first episode or the nineteenth episode, it doesn't. The level doesn't change that much. You know, talk about. I swear to God, this is exactly what I was going to say to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on, say something nice about. Okay, you say something nice about me, and then all right. We'll, I think we'll, your new show, the Larry Sanders yeah. Show. Want an honest opinion? Yes. I think the Larry Sanders Show on HBO is a very good show. I think it's a funny show. 
except it gets critical success but not rating success. Why has that been to Gary Shandling history? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You Why would you? He's doing you a favor. Uh-huh. And this is something you could ask if you were in the radio show and you had everybody around and you were talking about it and you were talking about how funny you think it is and you're having this build up and you're having the back and forth and the ping ponging around the room and the radio show. Now you were just left with this a-hole who, Mm -hmm. who cannot stop talking about himself. And this is what you're left with. This is just so bad. So cringe. Now, I know people are going to say, well, look, this was Howard's style back then to be competitive and to competitive and say, bring up stuff like why this show's really like the critics love it, but no one's watching it. Well, first of all, HBO back in the day was not, you know, it was just it was like E in a, in a very, uh, you know, a lot. I knew a lot of people did not have HBO. HBO was a very singular cost that you had to fucking put up with if you wanted it if you really wanted those specials and what have you and so i mean it's not like he's on he's on nbc and the cosby show money behind him and that kind of shit and and the lead in is cheers and stuff on thursday night it's a it's almost like an indie film but it's a you know an indie tv show with a very small budget with very amazing people involved they, both incarnations be- of his shows, both the Gary Shandling, like it's Gary Shandling's show and the Larry Sanders show. The, in my opinion, the first show was better, but the second one was still very, very fucking good. Honestly, before Sex in the City and The Sopranos, yeah. there are very few people in my life that I knew that had HBO. Right. I mean, the, those were you. You we you know we can talk shit about Sex in the City all we like, but those two shows made HBO into capital letters. I could talk shit about those two movies and that fucking disaster. Ju- what 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 is the new version called? Uh, just like that. Oh, fucking. Oh, oh, I, oh. I, I I almost want to watch oh. it to see exactly how bad it is, but I won't just yet. I'll wait till the wife forces me to watch it, but she won't. She knows me. Uh, let's keep going. What's no seriously? What happens? As opposed to you, you who gets play. not a lot of critical success, but a lot of people rating listen. success. Yeah, and I have not yet been sued or threatened by the FCC. <laughs> That's true. You don't have those. Kind and of I'm problems. proud of that. But seriously, why is it you do put on great shows? I find all of your shows entertaining, and then uh, the commercial success in terms of getting these huge mass well. appeal audiences. What happens? What goes wrong? What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> quickly, quickly, all quickly! Those, all those people were right. Wait, yeah, this is I comfortable. Didn't. Oh, quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, yeah. Tell me why you're such a failure. <laughs> he He's going to and he's also going to do that thing like he's going to tell you at another time. Some, you know, Ben used to tell me, you know, faster, faster. You got to get this through. It, well, one thing he did learn from if he learned faster, faster from Ben, he didn't learn quality control because Ben Stern would be the first one to switch the channel on this. Well, he's also running this like the radio show where he's like, I got to get to a commercial break, but yeah, it's exactly. not. It's not. Be here. Are you glad you're here? Seriously. I shouldn't be here. Tell not, people why not, this is I'm not one. glad I'm here yet. I'm not comfortable yet. Do you feel this is going our good pacing, Well, our pacing is so different. I'm laid back and you're so wired. I need you. I need but you. But I'm, I'm happy to answer all the questions. Quickly answer the questions. But I, 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 I see now oh. the pacing with which you work and I'm yeah. frightened. <laughs> it's intense. Um, wait till we get to your girlfriends and wait till we get no. to all that other stuff later well, in the interview. Well, it's a similar question. Why don't I have mass appeal? But right. listen, right. the... Uh, 
So my first of all, let me say that the HBO series, yes. the Larry Sanders Show, yes. will be on every night right. starting December seventh on HBO. Every night every they're going to show it. They're going to show. There's thirteen of them. They're going to show them every night, December seventh through whatever. Are you kidding me? The because 20th. I was expecting Porky's. They've been showing that every night uh, on HBO. Calm down. This Thanks. HBO yeah. is the, aside so, from your show. It's the worst. Every uh, time I tune into HBO. Uh, yes. Oh fuck! And you know what? You know what? I just realized he got a flashback in his own. He by by talking about HBO, by mentioning HBO, he got it stuck in his head. Oh, all of a sudden now, I'm the guest because Gary's sitting in the, you know, where the host would sit. And now, for some reason, Howard thinks he's still the fucking guest of his own show. I can't get over the fact that his Adam's apple looks like you know a saw in the backyard, <laughs> like a big a big tree saw i'm just so <laughs> distracted by it as he's murmuring through this and just horrible questions and you know he's he's it's almost like a crazy homeless person screaming at you yeah for change but it's being filmed and you've got it you know it's going to be aired and this will be released and they decide come well, on this five dollars five dollars you got ten yeah. you got five come on yeah fuck, come on and then it, look at Gary. He's like, the pacing's completely off. What pacing? <laughs> this is this is like some kid has been told, like, okay, uh, you, you tell a bunch of kids, okay, draw some pictures. One kid scribbles an X on the paper, says, finished. This why is Howard. You, I know. Why wouldn't you just scrap all of this and say, okay, let's take a breath and, you know, compose ourselves and we'll start over. Do you think it was one of those things where he said, no, I'm not doing it again. That's what you get. Now I'm going back to New York. Yeah. Or he thought this was great. I don't know. Or do you think or do you think they thought, well, fuck it. We don't care anyway. It's we don't know what we're doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. Let's just put it out there. We need product. I, 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 the first episode, but then this continued. I don't know. It's kind of like yeah. anything he does where I'm thinking to myself, who? So he must have ultimately controlled this. I think because so. Because it's always bad product. Well, yeah. And if he has, I mean, we know that he had control over the financing on the Fox pilots and basically po probably pocketed most of the money for himself rather than spend it on how the show looks, music, whatever right. else. So with this, you're right. I'd say more or less it was, yeah. Just laughing. I was talking to Sam. Um, we just got a comment for one of our Patreon episodes from Greg B. And he said, uh, you could really, it made me laugh. You could really tell the difference when he, Howard, would call up the wrap-up show or when he did an appearance. He went from Barry White to Rick Moranis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. So... In in this case, he's got all the modulation he needs. He has all the lighting or he thinks he needs, and he's got all the wig. Look at it piled up there. Holy fuck. Well, it's I mean, serious extensions and bad, a bad rug because you can tell where it ends yeah, and where it starts to be fake hair, mm -hmm. obviously. And, you know, all of this, too, is you have enough examples of mm -hmm. how to be a good talk show host. There are enough people that you can emulate or try your best you know what i'm saying yeah but you can much take like, from them much like how he started his radio career and ben thought he sucked 
And it took a while to get into that groove when he hired the right people, hit the right notes and stole the right, stole the right bits. Right. He needed to hit that stride, but mm-hmm. he just thought because he became good at that after so so many years that he would be good at anything and this mm-hmm. like genius ego and it's so bad. Yeah, I, I just recently posted from the, the his appearance on the Larry Sanders show on the Facebook in the Facebook group. I saw that. <laughs> and what's the one of the first things he says to a guy on there? He goes, "Yeah, take your shirt, take your top off." Like so it's it's incredibly unfunny, guys. And the the <laughs> this, he's wearing like a a blazer and combat boots that are untucked and un- untied. It's so <laughs> like he had a hard day, hard day working on the flat iron building. I mean, it's almost as bad as you know the fucking flannel and the OJ t shirt and the socks oh, yeah. with the oh, yeah. boots. Like he just like he just got done playing Teen Spirit. <laughs> Smells like Teen Spirits. I remember, I remember asking somebody like Raven. I can't remember who it was. Maybe I can't. It might have been you. Um, how would you dress them? And I'm thinking now, maybe a coffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, why not? Yeah. I I, rem- I remember when though that was uh, when Kurt Cobain died. I do remember a lot of people in school had Converse shoes and they would write Nirvana on the side of their Jeez. Converse shoe. Like that was a thing. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know this okay. is true. No, they show the same movie over I don't and over know and over again. I didn't. I didn't, haven't even gotten to kiss your ass yet. Yeah, kiss my ass. <laughs> Talk about you know, why this I'm is what's, uh, I, I have so many things we have to. We have to. Are we done with the set now? We we jump right by kissing your ass. Do you understand the then, pressure on me? Then I said, say oh. something nice about <laughs> me. <laughs> Let's bring it back to me. Do you understand <laughs> the pressure on me? Is this a board meeting that we didn't realize we were invited to before the interview. <laughs> they, they, the original title for the show was This Is My Life. <laughs> I have to get this to court in the morning. Do yeah. you realize the pressure on me? Are we doing a show? Yeah, right. About me, and you went right into why aren't you? Why don't you have high ratings? No, you know you're funny. You're 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 <laughs> at a scale of one to ten. I would evaluate you evaluate you as a stand-up comic. No, uh, another. That's four. I'm keeping track, guys. That's four in five minutes. Another one to ten. Yep. Another one to ten. Does everybody have their Scantron out? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when you take an HR, I don't know if you have this, but we have to do these trainings. And then after the training, we have to do this, a rate from like one to ten. And then it says like... Agree, very much agree, disagree, but whatever. And then we have to rate the training. And I always just give it the best because I don't even care. Sometimes I listen. I've done these every year. I listen to it with the sound off and my eyes closed. (laughs) Like, I don't even give a shit. Sexual harassment training. Those are the ones I've had to do, yeah. Okay. Please. Every day of my life. I'm not reporting it. When we stopped hiring women, they stopped offering those things. It's just like, and I'm like, what are you guys? You're, you, 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 there's no one going to har- harass a male. Maybe you have a gay worker that's going to harass a coworker. Come on. Uh, but uh, that used to be a thing. But you're right. It's like um, this is kind of pointless with with Howard when he's doing this kind of shit. Again, I just don't understand why they didn't just shorten this. And he said just now, you, you know, you evaluate things. He said the same thing to Jerry on comedians and cars getting coffee in 2013. 
you evaluate he's not people. smart he's not no. smart he has he has a few tropes and yes. they're all self-serving yeah and he doesn't he's not introspective he's nope. not a great thinker he's not a heterodox thinker he's a follower <laughs> yeah i hate him let's go <laughs> you're only gonna hurt me a which seven is, which is very high Excuse me, a nine. I just, I see the look in your face. A nine. That's a nine. What's seven plus nine, guys? <laughs> and that's a nine. A nine. You're a nine. All right, you're a ten. I don't there you really, go. I don't Say something really nice about me. You're a six. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, now I listen to your radio show, and we listen to your radio show at, uh, at my show right. in the makeup room. In fact, I dropped you a card once saying we have the radio on, we listen to you. Right. And uh, I, I think you're uh, great on the radio. So you but would I say on the radio. And so, and they, this is the first stand-up, by the way. First standing up, guys. The number one. No, if you're counting. second. Is this the second time? Second. Yes, he stood up to say, "What do you think of my outfit and my ass?" Oh yes, you're right. You're right. Sorry, that's two. I'm back. I'm See, counting. I'm just, I'm just befuddled. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Flummoxed <laughs> much? <laughs> do you think? Do you think the cameraman's behind, like, literally at this point, going, "Oh God, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to get this to someone else." <laughs> I think. The amateur camera people on 9-11 were more comfortable. <laughs> I, I just, again, I, I, I want to know that I'm going to ask everybody. It's only five and a half minutes of, of footage in so far. We've made it last five and almost an hour of recording. I want to know how cringed are you at this point? Please let us know where you get to maximum cringe on the one to ten guys. Yeah. <laughs> one to ten. ten on the being... scale of cringe, can yeah. you please drop us in the comments? Uh yeah. one to ten, ten being the most cringe, one being the least cringe. Where do you fall on this? Thanks. Yeah. And we'll, you know, I'm gonna stand up and ask you how my outfit looks in about five seconds. Let's go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll rate your comment one to ten. I'm a genius. Would you say I'm as great as Lenny Bruce was? Would you say I'm a genius? I don't know. The way you stood up there was pretty inspiring. I got excited. <laughs> Jesus, every time you talk about yourself, your energy takes over and I know. You, you can't contain yourself. No, would you say that I'm brilliant? This is not what I expected. <laughs> would you say that I'm brilliant? No. Did you? Were you a fan of Lenny Bruce? Very big fan of Lenny Bruce. Do you think Bruce. I'm as brilliant? What? What he kind of, what kind of returning Markle. questions? Yes, he I don't know. I, I, have to watch, I have to watch that. <laughs> you want to compare yourself to Lenny Bruce? Just like that, Dunce wants to compare herself to Nelson Mandela. What show is this? What are you doing? You have yeah. no self. You have no inventory of self right now. You're a free-balling ego maniac. Sit and down. Well, he's got a card. I don't know what's on that fucking card, unless it's a mirror, one of those, you know, bendy mirrors so he can look at his fucking mug every minute. But the... The whole things that he, the, everything that he falls back on falls flat in general. Now it's only amplified when you don't have that circus around him. It really is unadulterated, full focus on Howard's in, uh, deficiencies. That's why these shows never work. We're never going to work. Also because he doesn't do homework. Yes. About his guests. So he does homework about things that are trivial. Surface But level he doesn't. Shit. Right. You know, when you go on Rogan, he can make pretty much anybody interesting. I mean, people who I've never even heard of. I find myself listening to these three-hour interviews, and I'm completely captivated. And, and it doesn't even people... matter what field they come from. That's what people used to say about Howard, 
what they didn't quite realize was there was a time and there are some interviews he's done oh, in the past, Howard, that is. And I'm not talking about the video. I'm talking about strictly the radio show that have been interesting. Absolutely. And I don't know that it was because at any time he was interested in the guest. I think that the prep was that good. Whoever did it. It wasn't him, I'm certain, but whoever did the researching, maybe whether it was someone in the back office, like a Jason type person or, you know, Robin Radzinski, who was in charge of certain things, getting the right info into his hands and making sure he was aware this is a must. This one, maybe don't answer this one. See how it goes in the interview. And somewhere down the line or eventually or somewhere before that, it was like, no, 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 you don't need um, you don't need prep. Prep is for amateurs. So my dad, I think, recently listened to a Drew Barrymore interview and he's like, it was good. And I and I thought, well, that's because the guest gave a lot yeah. and the guest was good and she yes. was prepped and she it, she has a great way of, uh, I guess, describing things in her life. And she gave a lot and it wasn't terrible. I will say that. But in the past, when it was good, it's because for some reason, yeah, he had a lot of prep from other people who were mm-hmm. feeding him lines and feeding him questions. And organically, just because of that environment, things came up that made it made it go in a direction that you didn't picture it taking. And it also, he had a great way of when, almost like a cat and mouse game, when some topic came up, yeah. he really honed in on it and you wanted to know. So... He was good at some aspects of interviewing, but it yeah. took an entire room full of people, an Artie, a Robin, a Gary, a, a Benji, whoever. Mm-hmm. And it also took the guest to want to do the tango and, yes, you know, answer is. all these things, but and also to be receptive. And, and that wasn't always the case. So uh, whether it's uh, and a it also being reticent, took a Fred, a Fred, too, who mm-hmm. would who would drop sound bites that would make the interview have some levity and humor in the situation. And like we said, Benji who wanted Mm -hmm. credit in that book about Mm -hmm. his interviews and he wasn't credited, which tells you a lot about why his interview skills probably were better because of Benji. Yeah, if not Benji, then anybody else who was writing contributions to the prep. And, and he said ages ago, he said, do you know, oh, there was Bowie on the wrap up show one time. He said, you know who, what, who we had do prep? You know what kind of prep we did before a guest used to be back in the day? He goes, us. We'd go in during a break five minutes before the guest came in and say, what do we know about this person? And and that he just he said before Will. Will was responsible for getting all the questions and stuff to Howard. So you've got to – I'm not saying this is uh, abnormal in show business. Johnny Carson had writers. Jay Leno had writers. Letterman had writers. They all have that. There's nothing embarrassing about it. But to say that you didn't prepare for a fucking guest – they used that we used to be like to him it was like a, a source of pride like we don't need prep we just go in but every one of his stupid appearances on tonight's show late night shows were studied they were all this is what i'm going to talk about this is i've got a i've got a, like a i'm going to tunnel vision i'm going to talk about this and fuck this and if they don't want to go with it as opposed to rickles who would show up on carson show up on letterman and just fucking go off the cuff right it's even um, if you prepare somebody like, for example, I'll help my friend, you know, Jake, I talk about with college papers, I'll write his papers. But if things come up in the class, I will say, OK, I have to prepare you for what I'm saying in this and what this means. And you have to know 
what this is in case it comes up and you have to defend certain points. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you're not going to know what I'm talking about, what she's talking about, whatever the professor's talking about. So I have to, I have to prep you. Howard seems to just not even care in this. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The answer, the answers that Gary gives are completely irrelevant. It may as well be Howard interviewing a mirror. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And it's almost like, like I said, the guest is there, but they're not. They're almost uh, it's almost like uh, when Dr. Strange, this astral form leaves his body or something. The Gary's not really there. And he feels that disconnect because there is no connection between him and Howard because Howard won't let you allow that say like you're not moving. Okay, we got this out of the way. But right. you're still harping on this because right. you don't like my answer. And because you're nervous as fuck and you don't know what the fuck you want to talk about. Right. And you never and you didn't prepare. So here we go. Is Lenny Bruce. Yeah, real you close. Don't? <laughs> you don't? You're s- All right, we're going to take a break. We're oh. here with Gary Shandling, the star of The Larry Sanders Show. You're somewhere between Lenny Bruce and Sally Jesse Raphael. I'll take that. I'll take that as a compliment. You took that as a compliment? Yes. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> do you, wait, so you go to break. Yeah. You want him to... You want him to spoon feed you a compliment that you're already setting up for yourself. Right. Comparing yourself to Lenny Bruce to an actual stand up comedian when yeah. he knows the trajectory of your career, the luck you have of having the show, and how nervous fan. you are and how bad this is. Mm-hmm. And yet you have the audacity to go and ask him if you are comparable to Lenny Bruce in this right. moment when you a just guy- have flopped around for the right. last five six minutes a guy who actually and lady bruce guys if in case you don't know his story i won't i won't get too, in too much into it but in those days you needed um a cabaret card to perform in clubs and when the cops took away that card you couldn't perform anywhere you'd have to like you could perform in your house you could perform maybe in a park somewhere i don't even know if that was possible but you certainly couldn't do you know his type of act just anywhere and they didn't have the fucking chuckle hut back then they didn't have the comedy right. store yuck yucks and all these fucking places that came out decades later and he died a fucking junkie and penniless pretty much and fucked with by the law the last couple of years of his life last year of his life was all about the penal code and trying to get yeah. that uh, obscenity ban overturned on him and um that guy he was, was the he was the real he was the real breaker guy who yeah. stuck up for the FCC. He was the real guy that pushed the freedom of speech. He yep. was the real ACLU type comic. Oh, yeah. That Howard he, wishes he could That's be. right. He, he, he was the martyr for comedy and free speech. Not Howard. Never Howard. For sure. Mm-hmm. Segue. <laughs> By the way, yeah. This, this. <coughs> I'm sorry. This music, this low <laughs> Vincent Price <laughs> vibration. Yeah. With this thing, it's like a bad episode of Ninja Turtles. It's just you know they're in the sewer. I it's was thinking tales, so... tales from the crypt or some shit, but yeah, I mean it's. Uh, they're going for some kind of mysterious. He's right. Uh, Gary said it. Playboy After Dark, which was an old, old, old show, and um, 
It Dung. was yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, um, unsolved mysteries kind of vibe. <laughs> Instead, I don't know. I'm trying to go with whatever's I, dark theme. Oh, you know, it's just yeah. brutal. So what, you're going to show that intro every time you take a break. We got to see you looking through that thing. <laughs> First of all, I'm proud of that because that intro was shot on film, and uh, I think I look very, yeah. very glamorous. I think and it shows your acting ability. I think it shows why you can make the leap to Fart Man right from this. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, Fart Man will be a big movie sure, success. Sure. I'm working on a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love this era because he was so desperate to get Fart Man made into a movie. At this point, he's negotiating with New Line, um, Seinfeld. Do you remember that that infamous call where he, Seinfeld says, "Don't do fart, man." We got to cover that one day. Oh yes, it it's this is hilarious. It, this is amazing. It's so funny too because the VMA is just aired yesterday, mm-hmm. and it is a steaming pile of woke shit. It yeah, is I bet. brutal. It is fucking brutal. But I equate it to fart, man. The VMAs today okay. mm-hmm. is. Fart man. Like nobody needs Lizzo up on a stage saying she's oppressed. Nobody needs Billy on the street, Eichner, just ranting and raving like a lunatic about pal. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I want to give the Richie Gervais speech. Give your little speech. Thank God. Thank your agent and get off. Like, fuck off. Yeah. It is unbelievably bad. And I think of it in the way of Fartman, where it's like, oh, God, what was he doing? It's, it's like Do you remember, trying too hard. Do you remember the VMAs used to be about also amazing performances, like actual performances? Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I mean, like, Christ. I used, uh, to, I used to wait. It was like the highlight. One of the highlights growing up of my summer was I would have my neighborhood girlfriends over. We would have yeah. a sleepover and we would watch the VMAs. And it was the best. I just the two moments I remember most were well, there are a couple moments, but um, and not the Grammys. I'm I'm specifically talking VMAs. Um, I think was it the VMAs that had the uh, Madonna, Christina Aguilera, Britney kiss? Yeah. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, that was also Prince singing "Get Off" with a huge like Roman orgy on stage, and it yeah. was just like like flesh on flesh and the, the and the and the band was tight as fuck and that was the kind of thing you know it was you, very decadent the VMAs, but it was of the era vmas first of all britney spears vmas 2000 if you ever youtube this the, was that with fred durst <laughs> no that's that. christina aguilera and fred durst oh, christina aguilera, and that's sorry, one i would like to i would like to forget that yeah <laughs> but this one she comes out and she's doing I can't get no status. So she's doing that and she had her version of that and she's in a hat and like a fedora and a Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. suit. She comes down the stage. She goes, I can't get no. And then all of a sudden she starts dancing to this in this new beat. It's like boom, boom. And she tears off her clothes and she's wearing this nude sequin jumpsuit. And I thought she was naked for a second and it was the the hottest thing. And she does that. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Okay. I think I did it again. And she starts dancing and doing, oops, I did it again, this new thing. It was the hottest thing I've ever seen. And the dancing was so fucking amazing. My face was open the whole time. Like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. She's fucking phenomenal. The next year she came out, I'm a slave for you in 
in a tiger cage, carrying a python around, wearing next to nothing, and her abs, you could bounce 30 quarters off of them, and they would have hit you. They would have made a field goal. (laughs) It was so good. Well, that was spectacle, right? It was spectacle back in those oh, days. It was amazing. And I do, and I do understand it's it, that's that's I guess another reason why I'm thinking this show doesn't work because there are the there's no fireworks. It's just it's just uber level cringe. And the, the joy of the Howard Stern show was watching shit bounce around the room as you as you're talking about these quarters. Having Jackie involved in some of the guests, especially if it was a comedic guest, like if Pat Cooper was in there, you didn't have any other room to breathe. Pat was going to eat up all the oxygen. But then if you had Kinnison in there, you'd hear Jackie, you'd hear Fred drops, you'd hear Robin get into it. Everybody would have a piece of the pie. Yes. And they also knew how to pick the right guests. Yes. Like, anyway, uh, this? this is just, you, know, you just see, he has no, even though he's dressed in whatever the fuck designer he's talking about, he is wearing no clothes. And Fartman was never going to work. Never, never. Not even, not even in the height of Beavis and Butthead or Goosebumps books and all that bullshit. Um, like, you know, gross out stuff, Barfarama books. No one was going to give a fuck about Fartman. Every single person put it down and he was defending it like a motherfucker. I believe there's a Tonight Show appearance on Jay, you know, with Jay Leno and he brings up, oh, you're in town. You're trying to shop Fartman around or something like that. And he kind of poo-poos it and he goes, oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm just whatever. Because the deal hadn't been finalized at that point. You're right. It is. It was that time of kind of gross out humor. Yes. And a lot of it in kids shows on Nickelodeon, stuff like that. You know, they had the, the double dare and the slime. Big time. Slime, you know, on Nickelodeon or whatever. There, there, this was the time. But it's like getting into podcasting nine years later. The point yeah. is over. It's done. Mm-hmm. You have, you cannot do anything on top of what's already being done. Mm-hmm. From New Line Cinema now, I believe that this movie will gross $150 million. You had a movie deal. You were going to make the Gary Shandling movie. What happened? Well, actually, the script was exactly like the TV series. So once the TV series continued for four years, there was no reason to do the movie. And I didn't want to do the movie. So you backed out of the movie. Yes, I did. They wanted to do the movie. Yes. So you still want to do movies. Yes, I still want to do movies. Why did people tell you not to do this show? I don't understand. Tons of people tell me not to do this show. Who are the people that tell you not to do it? Well, unfortunately, I won't say their names. Why? Why won't you? Because it's not fair to them. Celebrities said not to? Well, did Richard Richard Lewis say not to do it? No, no. I don't think anyone you know, really. I bet he's wishing he took this advice at this very moment. Oh, absolutely. And, and who, and look at, look at this ADD interviewing. Okay. So sudden, you know, you're kind of getting into why didn't you do the movie? Well, you could uh, have part- talked about the artistic <laughs> choice that he made because yeah. the show was doing well. So I didn't do this. Then you could have right. went into a little bit more about his career, but instead it's me back to me, this, my thing me 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 fart man 150 million is gonna be successful did you you get a movie what happened to your movie deal oh i didn't want to do it because i was doing tv show yeah well what about yeah what about my movie (laughs) what do you think of fart man what do you think is gonna happen who told you not to do my show adhd forget it it's adhd on fucking coke i've never (laughs) get him a ritalin (laughs) get him a straight jacket agents agents uh, just people, I'd say, hey, Howard Stern uh, asked if I would be his first guest. What do you think? And they go, oh, man, are you out of your mind? That's because oh, that's <laughs> why, though, <laughs> because some people like uh, think that 
some people think you're really talented. Right. Some people think you're just like this passing fad. And some people think you're not, uh, it's not that classy of a thing to do. And I did it because, uh, first of all, I like listening to you. Right. Number two, I never went skydiving, never did bungee cord jumping. I figured, you, you liking it, hey, this is a real I applaud you. I applaud you. Applaud you. That's three. Third. <laughs> Ding, now we need Raven's bell, goddammit. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a sea world yeah. sideshow. You know, when they get the seals to start, you know, coming out of the water with balls uh, we're watching yeah. a we're watching a Sea World show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a matter of it's all a matter of just guys. You need your abacus for this show. You know this standing up and thing. You don't applause. like that. I don't know. <laughs> you think it's wrong? I don't know who you're standing up for. I'm just standing and then up. The I'm camera, getting excited. Poor somebody... Scott there on the camera has got to go. Oh, oh boy, all, I got to go through years of this. You know, you're a big, you're if a big celebrity. If this show continues, you're going to have camera oh. whiplash. You are a big, you are a big celebrity. For you to come out and say something like that helps me. The fact that you would say something nice oh. like that, that you uh, you liken it to bungee jumping, but but even still, it's, it's, a, it's risk. a risk you this should is, take. Because I had no idea that everyone said. It's like bungee jumping into a vat of skin, (laughs) (laughs) of skin erasing acid. You're just, you're bungee jumping into Vesuvius or Pompeii at the end. This is, this is, um, guys, I know I'm trying to think of the episodes we've done where you're like, I can't watch any further. I'm I'm just cringing that much. 60 minutes was only like 15, 12 minutes, you know, not really that long. The Fox pilot. Yes. The channel nine roast. Yes. But when we started doing the 15 foundation and these commercials of Robbins, I mean, it's a toss up, but every time Howard's on a fucking show, you end up looking at your watch. You start, um, like, and and keep in keep in mind, guys. This is in retrospect. I'm I'm thinking. Okay, 1992. What was I watching in 1992? Well, I wouldn't be watching this. I absolutely wouldn't be watching this. I might if I was a fan of Gary Shandling just to check it out. But seeing how this is going, I'd never watch Stern again. Okay, so there were some comfortable interviews back in the day when I'm thinking of like when I'm a little bit older, high school era. Um, like the Matt Lauer with Tom Cruise or yes. Diane Sawyer with Britney Spears. There are these inco- uncomfortable interviews. But they just happen. They just happen. Right. But the interview keeps going and it's not about the interviewer. No. So even if it's uncomfortable. At it's, least it's real. It's still somewhat entertaining, even if it's cringe inducing. Well, even if it, yeah, if it's if it's if it you feel unco- like I said, the level of discomfort you're in viewing it is one thing, but it's it's a slow motion train wreck going in reverse and then getting happening again like a loop almost. This show, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of. I remember uh, I used to watch after school the Rosie O'Donnell show. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. It was the, like day, a t- the daytime show she had. Yeah, the daytime show or something. Yeah. And, you know, once in a while, she, it, it was a little bit narcissistic in some yeah. ways. And she always had these little gitchy, quirky, loud outbursts or things about herself or even the view. Yep. But it was never, it was never this bad. I mean, this is just insanely i can't believe that this went to post like okay we're gonna 
roll this. This is good. You know, like honestly, you're you're the you're an executive. You you've got to put what little money you have into this, and don't you? Yeah, don't you also feel like at the very least edit out that first the first five six minutes of bullshit? I would edit all of this out, but even then, when you think of the Fox pilots, when they looked yeah. at this and they said no, even though he lied about why they said no, he was like, oh, because I'm so bad. Oh, okay. right. It's because it, it is so bad. It is. This is, he learned nothing from that Zero. experience. Nothing whatsoever. It's, it's exactly like those pilots with a different rug and a blazer. So here's, I guess I, this is my business question to you then I suppose so Buckwald's his agent and he advises him on everything right is, is Buckwald going it's extra money who gives a shit it's exposure we're not going to suffer the radio show's not going to suffer so who gives a shit if I were Buckwald knowing how uncomfortable and how awful he is in this type of setting I'd never in a million years allow him to do a show or do you think it was Howard saying, I don't give a fuck what you think, Don, I'm doing this against Don's advice? Well, I don't think agents say no to money, just like sure. real estate agents don't say no to sale and commission. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing he pushed for this, did it. But then I think he also knew, Buckwald, that he was a struggling network yeah. trying to get it off its feet mm -hmm. and didn't have a lot of talent. And I think he thought, okay, if this fails, we can throw something else at them because they're not pulling the numbers that they, you know, they don't have a big draw. So right. even if this doesn't work, we can still cultivate something from this network. We can still do something. And I, like I said, I also think that it's a payday. It's going to come out in, you know, 10% on Buckwald. So yeah. what? why would I care? Well, because you want to get the same money next time with some other project or you want to get more money. It's like Bernie Brillstein talked about this in that in the book I've mentioned on the show. He said like when Jim Carrey got 20 million to do um, not liar, liar, the one after cable guy. And he said the film's going to be a disaster. Like people are not going to it's too dark. It's not funny. It's people want like a big Jim Carrey liar, liar, dumb and dumber type film at that time. And they said what you have, there might be some fun, dark. It was just too dark. And it was Ben Stiller who directed it. And so he said people would say like, well, why would you want to um, why wouldn't you want your client to get 20 million? He said, well. It's not about that. It's about making sure that he's not pricing himself out of future work because now he's got one bomb at 20 million a, a picture. Then he's got another bomb. All of a sudden, can he reinvent himself as a $10 million guy in another film that's going to be successful? You want to make sure that guy is going to make the long-term money, not just the short-term you know, you know, thing. That's where the agents come into a smart agent goes, I need consistency over the years. Well, you have to think in Buckwald's head as an agent, you're going yeah. from the radio medium to a right. television medium, which okay. is a huge jump. So you, you're going to take whatever you can get in that medium uh -huh. right. because you're jumping from one to the next. And obviously, TV is more important than radio, obviously. Yeah. And then in more notoriety. And then you're thinking, too, you know, as an agent, you, you probably – there are agents who are going to care about the type of work you're doing, the quality of work you're doing. And you come to a certain point in your career where you care about that stuff. But mm -hmm. I guarantee you, much like Whitney Cummings agent who said yes to that series that lasted like two episodes and then was canceled and was hyped all over the place. 
you know, the, back then, especially it was who gets a pilot. Yes. And it, it like you just wanted to go from stand up to get a pilot. I got a pilot. I got a pilot. That, you know, that, that, used was, to be that the, was the that used to be the, te- the career template. Right. I'm sure agents weren't thinking, well, what's the pilot? They were just happy. They're Com- their comedy star got the pilot. So I'm yeah. guessing Buckwald in this, in this, it was thinking not about how this is coming off, but thinking we are trying to go from radio to television. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it is about getting the credit on your CV, not necessarily the quality of the work. Hence, you know, okay, Ryder P.I. is a Long Island movie about nonsense. Yeah, go in it, whatever, what the fuck. Blue Oyster Cult wants you to do a voiceover. Yeah, go, do it. You know, Spread the word. Um, you're going to do and an then appearance you're also on such a show. Do it, yeah, sure. We want exposure more than anything. And it also brought in people to the radio show, probably, too, because, okay, we have this, and then we can bring you back to the radio show to talk about this, or you're getting the Screen Actors Guild credit, maybe. Yeah. You're yeah. getting into that realm. Yeah. And the other thing is, I guess I suppose the other thing is we don't and we don't know it at the time. We know well after the fact that he is behind the scenes trying to finagle that stupid Fartman movie. So anything that'll give you more clout, we have more clout in the business. Typically, that will translate into money. Money, it doesn't necessarily mean clout, but the opposite is usually true. You're climbing out of radio into yeah. TV to try to get into movies. So these are very major steps. Thing. Yeah. These are major, major, major steps, especially back then. So to be order yeah. in order to do that, you have to do something up the ladder in order to get that. It's true. I think he also considered that it is a cable show and maybe perhaps if it is a bomb, not that many people will have seen it. So it's not that if he does fuck it up, yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Wait and watch the show, see what the show's like before you jump into it. And this is what everybody says to me, wait and watch the show. But how am I supposed to book guests if everyone's waiting to watch the show? So I applaud you and I thank you. Well, that's actually up. the same thing. That, well, maybe uh, you uh, should have figured that out. How am I supposed to? <laughs> You're thinking about this mid-show? <laughs> Mid-first show. You're thinking about this problem in yeah. his face on the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. On my series is that why I would ask people to come on and they didn't know what the series was. And now I, it's a little easier to get guests on the Larry Sanders show. You asked me to come it. on your show and I said, no, I rejected you. Yeah. The only reason I rejected you, it's not that I don't like the show. I love the show. Uh-huh. I think the show is great. Uh-huh. But I feel that if I go on your show, do you want to know the reason uh-huh. really why I didn't do your show? No. You do not want to know. No. All right, let's move on. <laughs> you do want to know. The reason I didn't do your show. Uh. Which he does the next year anyway. He. Me. Me, me, mm-hmm. me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah. We got nothing. Okay. The reason I didn't do your show was because I felt that my acting debut should be made in my film. Fartman. Fartman. And if I use that up, if I use it up on Fartman, yeah. Fartman will be great. Admit it. You want to see this movie. Is it? Is it as far? Holy fucking uh, hell. Me, me, me. Kill me, Fillmore. We, but is that is that is that going to be the title? Me. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I, <laughs> I wish, right now, when mm-hmm. he came down on those fart man in the VMAs and blew up that podium, yeah. that I was standing next to the stage, and shrapnel like, <laughs> like a bomb. 
I wish I, I, I wish it blew up my head right now. <laughs> you're thinking, just... you're thinking maybe dying in a flood would be preferable to having to go through this shit. I don't want to be insensitive to anybody that died in a flood, but right now <laughs> they, they won't be listening <laughs> right now. If I was under a bridge and car was fiddling in my water, I would hope to God it would take me out. Well, <laughs> Bart man, a, 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 an autobiographical. No, Bart man will be a character, Is it a, character? a guy who gets he's a superhero. You know, he's not always a superhero. He was once a regular guy, much like yourself. And then what happened? And then he becomes through an accident. And I'm not going to tell you what the accident is. He gets uh, super farting abilities. And of course, he wears chaps so you can see his arse. Super farting abilities. This sounds like something a second grader it, would come it, up with. It literally that that's that's the funny part of it. Like a forty year old forty year old guy or close to thirty something at this point trying to pitch a movie about fart a fart power. And this Has is the anyone, height, yes of but Beavis and Butthead. But Beavis and Butthead were not gross necessarily. They were just crass. Has anybody heard of a whoopee cushion? It's yeah. been done. Yeah, totally. All right. Now let's switch topics so we can show people how uh, versatile, versatile an interviewer. That's right. And how be honest. With he, you. I honestly feel more Helen Keller had less help. <laughs> versatile. I am not getting you. Yeah. That lady could read Braille and speak in the turn of the century and le needed less help. To interview this person. Oh my lord! Hey, you you watch all the talk shows, right? You watch all the talk shows? Um, I think I've seen all of them. You saw Arsenio. You saw uh, Dennis Miller show. You saw Jay Leno show. Yeah. All right. Uh, Arsenio. I'm doing Jay. Show. I'm doing Jay's show in, a, in about a week. Will Jay last? Uh, the week. Be honest. Will, <laughs> so Jay I'm honest. The week? Will Jay last? Will Jay Leno? I last? think. Uh, I think it's an interesting time. I think. I don't know the truth of that matter, but I think that the, the that Jay's vulnerable now because Jay is dull. I think Jay's vulnerable now because David Letterman is threatening to leave, and, and I don't think Letterman anybody knows how it will turn out. I happen to think Dave has got the best talk show in years, and Dave will win. What? what? Typical, typical Howard on? trope. Why typical. are you on? You are on to talk about your show. You are on to talk about your life, your career, whatever. Yeah. Not to talk about late night wars. Well, that's again, this is just something he's hung up on his entire fucking life. And when you get I, this is the thing I don't understand. Occasionally, a talk show guest will go on a talk show with so and so, let's say Letterman back in the day. And it's it, but it, it's and maybe they'll reference being on another show, but most of the time they never do, never. And the host will never ask about some other show. You're doing right. the, in the moment this show right now. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about anything else. There's a myriad of fucking topics in 1990, 1991, 1992 that you can discuss at length with these guests. Why not do it? You can't because you don't have the fucking brain to do it. And you just put you just put down a stand up comic in front of another stand up comic. What do you what do you want him to say? No, he's going to fail miserably and kill himself. Right. And because he thrives on this whole 
like let's okay yes yeah, so you know we know the show is about shitting on each other shitting on jackie and his his jokes and his cds and whatever stuff that he sold and it's about fucking on buoy and his teeth and all that stuff but you seem to think like he seems to think this is necessary for any show like that's this is the building block of the tonight show was telling your writers the jokes they wrote for your monologue sucked shit this also too if you take this if you take this audio of him this really is him in his show without mm-hmm. everybody else. Yep. So if you listen to 90s Howard mm-hmm. and you took everybody else out and you just isolated him, this is the Howard Stern show. Yep. This is the Howard Stern show. And do but you without everybody in? else. Do you get all those sponsors if this is the radio show? Never. You would have failed in the 80s. Yeah. It's incredible. It would have been it would have been some like failed children's show. You know, there's always like a glut of kids programming that just dies a slow death, like a, a, a quick death. That would have been the yeah. same thing with this. Totally. Yeah. And E, E, let's say it was on a bigger network. Fuck it. It would have been worse for him if this was on NBC. NBC. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. <laughs> the flame. It would have been better than the Jerry Lewis show. <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know what NBC will choose to do, but I think Dave Letterman is the best uh, talk show host. Right. But I think Jay does what he does You think uh, Jay's just well. okay? On a scale of one to ten, Jay's I think great. Jay's, I think that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's number six. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how real does my hair look? That's six, guys. Are you counting? You better yep. be rating. Yep. Tonight Show as it is is not as creative a show. And you hate the music on the Tonight Show, true? Isn't it kind of dull? And you know what? I'm one of those people, honestly, who doesn't pay attention to the music. You don't care about the music on the Tonight Show. I don't don't watch the Tonight Show. What do you think about about the curtains on the Tonight Show? Do you think the drapes match? Do you think uh, the bandstand looks nice? What do you think about the doors? When you enter the building, are they, they, you know, aesthetically pleasing? Who gives a shit? It's like asking what they thought about, you know, how every show used to have a you know, step by step, day by day, or everywhere you look. Yeah, every, okay. yeah, every song had a, every sitcom had a song. Why are you asking this? <laughs> now the world go move Ooh, to the beat of just one drum. <laughs> what might be right for you may not be right for some. <laughs> Alan Thicke, That's sorry. A life. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, and, and some of those are just brutal, by the way. I was talking about this with my wife. We hate with a red hot passion, the King of Queens theme song. We want to, we want to actually like, if we found the writer and the singer, the performer of that fucking theme song, we might both punch him out. That's how much we hate it. <laughs> it sounds like some kind of, like, I can't say, but, but, well, but why are you asking? Would you, would you in the middle of our show, just say, Hey Sam, <laughs> what do you think about the King? And what King do you Queens? think about that theme song? <laughs> well, who cares? Well, now we're we're forced to because Howard's discussing the the yeah, minutia. Howard, Howard or like Gary. Um, I know we're talking about Letterman and Leno, but what do you think about the band? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, geez, my vast musical knowledge, Howard. Let me tell you all about it. I show for the you? music, but so it doesn't bother me one way or the other. I got to ask you about Arsenio when we come back. Ask Smuccio oh, when no. we come back. Let me take a break. Like, we have to dance. No. Keep in mind, guys, he is, f- okay, if this is 90, 
or 91, I think it's 90, he is fresh, not, he's not fresh, he's three years out of um, getting booted off the, not booted off, leaving the tonight and losing out to Arsenio and not getting his late night show. So he still has Arsenio on the brain as this yeah, Ar- Arsenio is like his Opie and Anthony. <laughs> right. Or his Steve Perry, you know, calling him Big Bird all this, all these fucking years later, and he's upset. He's upset because that usurper took my fucking gig. That was yeah, never or, yours. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, just and getting these comics to go in after him. He did the same with Leno in his first Tonight Show appearance after Carson uh, retired, and he went after Car- Arsenio. And Jay Leno was like, ah, "I think he's a good stand-up. I don't know what your problem is." As if you know, Leno on public on national television was ever going to say shit about Arsenio. And the best thing about ratings and mm-hmm. you know a free market economy is the audience will tell you if they like you. So Arsenio Absolutely. got to stay yeah. because people watched it. It became a cultural phenomenon, and mm-hmm. he did a good job for the time. Yeah. So yeah. that's why he got to stay. But you didn't it was merit-based that's all there is to it yay yep that you looking through the plastic thing again? let me take a, let me take it we're gonna come back look at me looking through the plastic you look thing. like a peeping tom i'm starting to think <laughs> here's the agenda when we come back what we're gonna do i still haven't kissed your ass you're gonna kiss my here's what's gonna happen we're gonna look at me looking through the glass all right you come up you're gonna kiss my ass right off we the should top. close on me kissing what? your ass because you can't follow that all right skip the ass kissing we're gonna go right to Asmuccio. Okay. Asmuccio Hall. All right. And then after we talk about Asmuccio, we're going to take a look at pictures of your girlfriend, your All present right. girlfriend, yeah. on the Larry Sanders show. Yes. Right after these words. Okay. Asmuccio. Yeah, this is a big play on words. Arsenio Asmuccio. Oh, and what a good what a good thing to preview for audiences. We're going to talk about me and kissing my ass more. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, that's a promo. As, as if this didn't get terrible. Why? Why? What? I mean, it's like, you know, the Valencia filling, the filter Valencia. Like it's, uh, it's just. <laughs> Mia, it's like... Mia could put together a better fucking intro using a Windows 95 computer. She does put together good videos, but imagine if she just like, you know, put a fucking Snapple bottle in front of her face and started. <laughs> oh my fucking lord. <laughs> what, what if she put out a Huggies? You know, those fucking barrels. <laughs> oh my God. She got her lemonade stand is probably more successful than that fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> My, my one of my nephews when he was younger he he painted a bunch of rocks gold and sold them as gold nuggets to people in the neighborhood bought them just to be kind that's kind of what I was doing here anyway with you. you bring a hair person with you? Is that a no, person? no, no. Let's, no, I don't no, bring what do you bring? You bring the guy Judd with you? Judd Apatow is my friend who's producing the Ben Stiller show now, on how Fox. Come you, and, and, oh. and that's a very, very early mention about Judd Apatow. Um, I never heard of him. Well, I was a long time before I ever heard of Judd Apatow. It was not, wasn't until he started doing movies, actually, that I heard his name thrown about in the press. I heard of Judd Apatow from... I forgot what it was. I think it was... 
was it super bad or knocked up or it was definitely 2000s anyway um it wasn't so he must have been i I don't know what he was doing at this time maybe doing some writing he's doing doing this well yeah obviously but um he he wasn't uh you know, in capital letters, Judd Apatow at this point in his career. Um, but, but he's producing... not a hair guy. <laughs> no, he's not. In the commercial, you had to seek his approval. I said, Judd, how's this going? Right. And because, what did Judd say? Uh, Judd said, he said, I, I've always wanted wanted to see a person uh, squirm, see what that really looks like. So I guess you, <laughs> you might, must mean me. Uh, and my assistant, Kelly uh, Grant, Kelly. is my assistant. How old is she? How old is Kelly? Kelly, how old are you? 36? Can I get a look at you? Oh, Howard, don't do that. Is that wrong? Yeah. Yeah. You got a lot of that. Why is that wrong? Why is that wrong that I want to look for a robot? Well, I'm a man. There's nothing. Oh. Uh, I'm a man. Oh. This is a hashtag me too. (laughs) Well, beyond that, who gives a fuck? And it's sexual harassment. But also the person's not coming out like they're not coming out to the fucking show. It's not like, they're. oh, I got my manager. Come on out. Come on out. And then all of a sudden you have some interaction. Fine. But no, he's specifically bringing her out for eye candy to be judged. And that's just really (laughs) shitty. I mean, she's not she's not expected to be out there. It wasn't prepared. And now he's pressuring her. And now he's the bad guy for not bringing her out. Yeah. In case she was some eye candy, that's just shitty. I fucking hate him. <laughs> the uh, there's nothing wrong with a man looking her over, but to pull her out on television or something would make her wrong? feel awkward. Because yeah, she's she's just nice to come and participate and sit behind the camera. Here you are, a guy who goofs on uh, television shows. The Larry Sanders show is you're making fun of other talk shows. Esmuccio mm. right. is everything you should hate in life. True. I mean, Arsenio is the is the uh, quintessential. This is this is why Howard never had any friends. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot. This is not how you bring people over to your side. God no. You're I mean, not popular. You're not cool. You don't. But you want to desperately make somebody else hate them. The thing that he did good from the radio show, and I will say is he convinced me to hate Jay Leno like I hated Jay Leno because of Howard you mean it so worked I, on you it worked on me yeah. like that aspect right. but that was because I wasn't there was no internet and I wasn't no. I was not informed on all the ins and outs and I nobody listened to was him, you know so he had that luck of not having blogs and you know truth and social media out there <laughs> for sure well the the thing was again he does this pitting people against each other what he thinks is going to be ratings now the truth is it would if it did work yeah it would be something it would be a headline so he was always looking for something controversial but he doesn't understand that none of these guys are going to talk shit about the other in an open forum like this unless there's some really really desperately hard feelings and there aren't because Gary Chandling's on the outside of all that. Well, I will say, because I said, obviously that, you know, it's not uh, something you get to, you don't hate somebody after just one time of saying it. It was like a grooming. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a grooming of hating him. So that's why I'm saying when you bring up this random comment about what does he call him? Asmuchio? Asmuchio, yeah. 
okay, so he's saying this and you're expected to hate him right off the bat. I didn't hate Jay Leno right off the bat. It took many a times of listening to the grooming of it that it made me not like him. So you you just can't just throw that out there and expect somebody to come over to your side. You have to like, you have to have the no internet and you have to constantly be listening and you have to constantly be told he's a loser. He sucks. He's PC. You have to be constantly told these things. Yes, but you also have to count on that person to not have the forethought to go and look this up to see what the truths of it all are. And the inability, yes, as there's a certain point you're, you're dependent on there, the media blackout that exists, unless you're going through microfiche, you're not going to actually be, and that takes, you know, much fucking effort that was back in the day. You're not going to find out that, no, he didn't steal this bit from you. You're full of shit. Uh, That's why the the Arsenio thing, we as listeners were convinced about, this side of it because we didn't hear the other side of it because there was no other side of it because there was no internet. We're not going to, there was but, no but, YouTube. We but can't, also because we can't watch old episodes. But that's right. But also because Arsenio wouldn't make it a story. He wouldn't go back at him. Right. But it, Jay Leno uh, in a lot either. of, but in a lot of ways that we couldn't just say, you know, if we missed a show right. back then, it was done. It was, like, it, was it went into the uh, it went into the air. It was gone. I used to VHS tape like shows like Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer. You know, like I would have to if I had softball practice and it ran past. I was like, okay, make sure that we have it ready to go to record it because yeah. I'm not. I'm going to miss the first half. You know, yeah. you have to. You had to do that back then, or it was gone. Yeah, absolutely. Unless somebody else had it, a copy of it or somehow, but they it, they you know they had to be on the ball. So. This this and the the Arsenio thing, I remember before I even bought the book Private Parts, I didn't like Arsenio's show except for the music. Like the the guests he'd have on would dictate when I would watch it. Pretty much the same after Carson, the same on any late night show. If a guest was there that I was interested in, I'd watch. But it was never mm-hmm. for the hosts, never. Potential host that you make fun of. He's the guy who gets in your face and kisses uh-huh. your ass. Doesn't uh-huh. ask you anything interesting. Uh-huh. It's it's everything is very safe. Uh-huh. Do, don't you agree with that? Well, what I what I what I don't like, and what the Larry Sanders show really explores is the hypocrisy between a host that's one way on the air, but in real life is 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 something else. And our- this is so ironic. I don't know. That just obviously he didn't think of this when. You know, if you were a prepared interviewer, you would think about what is the show about mm-hmm. and then you would act and interview accordingly. But he's not even getting that. <laughs> no, God, no. And the other thing is he. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's not a, a watcher of the show. He claims he did. He claims he enjoyed it like everything else, you know, up to present day. He doesn't watch the projects of the guests. He doesn't listen to the music. He doesn't read the books. He doesn't know. He doesn't care because he's too lazy and he's too stupid. I think he watches things. He doesn't retain them unless there's a hot guy. <laughs> that might be. Well, the other thing is, yeah, we're, like the the reason why we had to stop that, obviously, guys, you know, like Gary has no idea exactly how much of a fraud Howard really is. Nobody did. No, really, like, I, I guess you'd have to be a Steve Dahl to know or or like a person on the inside to know exactly what's bullshit about oh. I think that in this moment, he has an inkling. Yes, absolutely. But 
it's like because the other thing is keep in mind he's a fan of the radio show it doesn't mean he listened to it religiously i think right now as he's watching him stand up and down and he's mm-hmm. seeing how uncomfortable he is and mm-hmm. he's listening to howard you know spout off he yeah. has an idea and i think he's making this comment with with kind of the knowledge that when he says this statement he mm-hmm. knows that oh my god i have just kind of encapsulated what you are yeah yeah i i I, I, we'll have to play a little more but either way you might be right uh but uh, i mean i sure you sussed him out in minute two that this is a hapless piece of shit and he doesn't know what he's doing and what have i signed myself up for but as it progresses and by the time it's over he definitely will have had the sense of oh my god i don't know like this isn't the radio show this is not entertaining what am I listening to? Why is this show so incredibly hideously unfunny compared to his radio show? And he's figuring it all out in his head, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Arsenio, that guy? Well, unfortunately, I don't know Arsenio well enough to know the answer to that. If I did, I would tell you. But I, the times I've been with Arsenio, he's, he's been a very nice guy in real life as well. And how now do you feel show- about his show? His show, uh, he brings his point of view to the show. I believe uh, that. The, I no. believe you, you're just. You didn't even give him a chance to fucking answer. You're stepping all over it. Fucking idiot. And why are you like yelling? Like, why is his volume so much more verbose than Gary's? Uh, what we the the levels? Uh, yeah, I think it must no, be. No, but nerves. his delivery is so much more energetic and confrontational like what do you want him to say because this is you want a specific answer out of your guest clearly and he's not giving it to you so you keep needling him into a corner and the longer that gary goes on and he's not giving him the answer he wants about arsenio he -hmm. gets louder you You know he gets louder and more and more direct with him like he's trying to you know badger a witness so, yeah, he wants the sound bite. If he doesn't get it, he's got to go different angle. But it's like a terrible angle. And right. he just thinks if I'm loud enough, I can I can make this happen by badgering you into it. Right. It's a three lane change on the highway with no signal. You know, it's like somebody in a trial and the defense lawyer is not saying objection. Mm hmm. Well, so the prosecutor just keeps hammering away. Well, yeah, there's that, but there's also that stupid, fucking misguided idea that, and and guys, I give him I give him criticism for dead air on the modern show, but I'm not talking dead air like for the for no reason. This is a conversation. You're in an interview with people. There is an ebb and flow to the conversation. There is supposed to be a little bit of dead air. The dead air I give him shit for is when he's talking him only himself to Robin. Robin's not meant to answer. He's just talking aloud. And there's these huge gaps of fucking space that are as big as the space between his fucking ears. Uh, this is something I think he's deathly afraid of in not just this conversation with Gary, but in real life. I think when he talks to people. But he's mistaking thinking about an answer and answering honestly for dead air. So he won't allow the guests to contemplate anything. Mm -hmm. And he's also not really paying attention to the actual answer as opposed to the answer he has in his head. Right. Yes. He has a presupposed answer in his head that he's not getting. Right. And 
he's mad about it because it's not coming out of his mouth fast enough. So now he's badgering him. Yeah. Uh, lying now. I think <laughs> I think what you three mean time, to say. I'm keeping track of this. Three times you've told me what I'm feeling. Yes, all right? I'm telling you. Were there a shrink here, yes. they'd be all over you. I think you're all lying right, right now. I let, think, Gary, I, let Gary tell us what he's feeling. What huh? show don't you like? Come on. What show don't you like? <laughs> what show are you not a fan of? Uh, I, on, I, I, I used to be a situation comedy writer, and I don't like certain situation comedies. Like what? What like, did you like? Uh, I don't like. So, uh, you see, you're afraid to say perfect, what you don't like. Uh, per- no, he doesn't you know- even have a second to say. <laughs> he can't even think. He is. Howard is a garbage bag with a fucking, you know, zip tie, and he's strangling him, and he's supposed to say something. Right. You're choking the man to death. What is he supposed to say? He's about two seconds away from passing out and passing away. What do you want him to say? Well, first of all, there was enough oxygen in the room. He could breathe and take the uh, take the time to answer. Uh, But he can't because the fucking asshole host is eating up every fucking second. And he wants it about himself. He's I think Howard's looking at the monitors and going, oh, no, I need to be on the fucking screen right now. What do you what do you why are you focusing on on Gary? He's the BTK of interviewers. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Perfect uh, stranger. Perfect stranger. You know, that is so controversial for you to say that. <laughs> Come on, you well, serious? it's controversial for me because I know the people that are associated with it, and they're all fine individually. I see. So you don't like the you don't like the bad. Yeah, I mean, anymore. you know, everybody. It's hard to do too. If you were doing a series, you'd realize how difficult it is to do. And evaluate this interview so far. How is it going on a scale of one to ten? Oh, <laughs> that's seven. <laughs> oh my fucking lord guys i knew it was a lot i couldn't re- i couldn't remember exactly how many this oh we're gonna get two oofa. hand turkeys out of this <laughs> oh my god i'll let you know when i start participating yeah i you don't think you're getting enough in huh you don't think you're talking enough i'm, I'm oh. happy not to talk i certainly don't need to talk but i couldn't tell you how it's going see you're asking me i asked judd yeah we're all confused no I, one knows no one is really clear on how this show i'm is telling going. you people at home right now are going honey what is this a good show <laughs> nobody's really sure all right listen i'm gonna take a break when we get back. Oh, on. not the break again. Yes, the break with it. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. And then what's going to happen is oh. this. We're going to come back and talk about your sex life and my theory on it. And why I don't think you'll ever commit to one woman. And why I think you've got it too damn good in this life with women. And that women should basically not sleep with you anymore. I'll come back and give you my theory on that. Excellent. We will be back with he, uh, <laughs> Gary Shandling. A great stand-up comedian and the uh, star of the Larry Sanders Show. You're also the executive uh, and producer. And it's going to be on every night starting December 7th. December 7th, every night on HBO. Which is, I think, only 30 channels from this. Right. We'll be back right after this. Oh, my God. He has, like, the BTK of interviews. He, he, fucking Gary's going to end up with nylons around his fucking <laughs> hands, and, <laughs> hands and legs and in a ditch in Nebraska. God, and the and the other thing I don't understand: why is he spending and such an inordinate amount of time explaining what's going to happen when we come back? When you could just take the break, come back, and allot that time for whatever you're going to do. What's that called when you call it like a a preview or a you know you give it a a tease? A tease. What kind yeah, of tease it. is this? This tease is basically like your whole balls and cock out. <laughs> 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 yeah.
Yeah, just, pretty much. <laughs> my God. Oh, there's the a lot fucking, of mystery. You know, you're helicoptering it in our faces. Okay, I'm shutting this off. Listen, when we get back, I'm going to ask you all about the house you live in. Then they come back after the little head chain. The, the head flies by the screen 20 times. And I'll say, so, uh, Gary, uh, when we were gone, uh, I said, I asked you, I told you before the uh, break that I was going to ask how your, what your house looks like. Now, what does your house look like? <laughs> I, that's, that's exactly what it would be like. It would, it would be like, you know, on Christmas Eve, you're going to put the presents <laughs> <laughs> in, in your child's bedroom I wonder in their if he had, faces unwrapped I wonder, I wonder if he had to say what this to doing? remind himself of what he was going to do because he's that stupid because you notice he's not really not looking at that producer on this I mean, are you kidding nobody Produ- can tell him producer <laughs> do you think they had an editor it just went straight to tape and whatever the fuck it was was handed to the right person. Anyway, I I'm, I notice he's got cards in his hand. Here's a perfect shot of it, but I don't notice him looking at it too often. I think they're blank. I think there's nothing in those fucking cards. It's like Biden where they had the cards said, sit down. <laughs> well, the, this is the, the funny part about the um, uh, they're just now. Or uh, there's Gary making fun of the fact that he's got a show and every night and Howard's got this one hour or whatever week. And um, and then he's he had to feed him the plug so that he could plug. Don't forget to mention that we're on starting December 7th. We're gone five days a week. Oh, and yes. And uh, to starting December 7th, five days a week. Well done, Howard. Well done. Good boy. Here's your treat. Shake paw. here. I'm Howard Stern. This, of course, is Gary Shandling from The Larry Sanders Show. You know what I want to do? I want to take a look at that clip now. The Larry Sanders Show, Gary plays a guy. I have to say, he, the longer this goes on, he is looking at him somewhat the way we are looking at this. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got the what the fuck eyes. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? For a number of reasons. Not just what does he look like, how he's acting, why am I here, and and also, like I said, trying to figure out why a show that seems to be so fast paced, the radio show, and so entertaining, the host is not entertaining whatsoever. Why? Like he's trying to figure out, Gary, is this the same guy on the radio? Yeah. And what is this? Like, what did we what what is happening? You know, like what what time warp do we step into? Is this a Twilight Zone? Like we've all been there at a bar or something where your friend or something just completely implodes and you're just staring mm-hmm. at it like what is going on? Maybe you're picking this up the is, pieces. You're just like, what is happening? Usually on St. Patrick's Day, but I, I'm serious <laughs> <laughs> or a Bill's home opener. But, you know, this is a similar thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the boys, not the show, the actual source material, they uh, there's a St. Patty's Day s- s- issue where that's everybody's um, 
out partying and they're at an Irish bar, <laughs> some of the revelers come in and the bartender says, get the fuck out. <laughs> and they go, but it's St. Patrick's Day. He throws a beer stein at them to get the fuck out. He says, no, this is the one day I want the bar to myself. And then uh, uh, Butcher and uh, and Huey, uh, Huey go Huey. into the, uh, yeah, they go into the bar. And then he's telling them how, you know, after a little bit of practice, he could he could write the words fuck off in the head of the beer. <laughs> <laughs> with the tap <laughs> so, so they're coming uh give me a guy give me a guinness with a nice big fuck off at the top of it. <laughs> i love the anyway, boys it's great it's a great show i was a talk show host and in this is your present girlfriend now how long have you been with this one with this one yeah this one now you've had a lot of girlfriends you know what you're you're like me you're not a particularly handsome man you're, what? I mean, you, seriously, I'm not a handsome man. You consider yourself handsome? Yes. You do? <laughs> well, all right. No, no, seriously, you don't consider yourself handsome, yes, right? Yes, I do. I'm not insulting you when I say that you're not handsome. Yes, you are. Yes, I you am. Are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Sorry, Howard. Oh, continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard you on the radio after you, after you hang up yeah. from me, talking to me on the radio. Right. You say... He wouldn't be uh, having a girlfriend like this if not he like wasn't the one, in show business. Not like the one that you have on this HBO yeah, show. This I is your real life girlfriend. Yeah. And you met her at a party. And you walked in and she said, there's Gary Shanley. And, and let's face it, when you were in high school, uh, no girl in your high school class would ever see uh, you walk into a room and go, oh my. He's doing the same interview Protection. as he did with the Friends people, the yep. Friends cast. He's giving yep. the same soulless stupid vapid interview mm-hmm. oh my god how did he ever get away with being considered a great interviewer why did I why want, did fans have to actually bring that up i, want I never said slip. that i think well like i said i think he had great interviews here and there throughout the times mm-hmm. but you know it organically happened with a bounce off of other people in the show and then it became a rebranding expedition yeah. So from when Artie left and then that summit, it became a rebranding thing. And then he just, you know, I want you to, from your computer to mine, somehow get a razor blade and slit my (laughs) fucking wrists. I am miserable. Wait till we get to episode two. Fuck you. I hate this. <laughs> My God, it's Gary Shanley. I have to have him. Isn't that true? You're like me a lot that way. Uh, no girls ever came on to me in high school. When did you lose your virginity? Uh, How- <laughs> but in uh, college, there was dating a model. <laughs> when did you spit on your cock and jerk off? Fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. What? Such minutia bullshit. He's and has money. That's why she's dating him. Move on. Yeah. Everybody Holy knows what I was old. I was like 20, 20 or 21. I don't remember. I think it was actually the full year, 20 through 21. So you, I see you were not attractive to women up until that point. No, that's not true. Oh, I you was, were attractive. Uh, you I were was, holding out. Let's take a look at this beautiful girlfriend and you evaluate. Could Gary get... Okay, the sunglasses are going to make their appearance. He hasn't really done crazy eyes so much. He's actually... I, I give him credit for being at least that focus, but that's small fucking praise considering all the other horrendous aspects of this fucking show. But... What what show do you go on where the guest gets insulted like this again and again? When did you lose your virginity? Who right. cares? Who gives a fuck? I mean, if it's an organic conversation and, and the guest divulges that, that's different. But who asks that? 
Yeah, he's not harping on his past. Se- his sex life. He's not talking yeah. about it. Why are you bringing you it are. up? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And by the way, this is, like I think, is all because it's a big deflection from your homo tendencies. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is all like, hey, are you like me fishing it out? You know, maybe he's like me. It's just. I think there might be a little bit of truth to that, that he's actually trying to figure out what side of the what side of the aisle. You know, he still does it to this day with interviewer interviews. I mean, Orlando Bloom. Hello. You know, he's always trying to fish for. Is he like me? Does he feel this way? Does he have Mm -hmm. a beard? Yeah, it's a very it's very much. Do you guys feel the same way as me? Like, do you agree with me with this? Oh, okay, great. Do you? And it's yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. That's the other thing. The depth of the questions is about as shallow as a kitty wading pool. Yeah. You're re- really just fluff. Anyway. This girl, if he was not on television. Larry? Let's see this. And keep our microphone. Uh, that's her? Clearing the way. The blonde? I'll come in here. Have you had sex with her? Did you have sex with her? I did not. I look good. You look nice. Who is that blonde? You now, who is your blonde? You That's your girlfriend? You didn't even listen to the scene. I could care less about the scene. That is your girlfriend? Why don't we just freeze it and make a poster out of it, for God's sake? <laughs> that is your girlfriend? Yeah, Linda. Oh, Linda my God. I mean, I, would, would you, I mean, I would do the Heine dance every night for a girl like that. Well, I don't know what the Heine dance is, but yes, you would. <laughs> will you ever get married? You will never marry what anyone. What is the Heine dance? I, I would do the Heine dance? I've I never no heard idea. of that. What is that? Outside, can anyone outside of the Blue blue Oyster Bar explain to us what that is? <laughs> Anybody went to Studio 54? Can you? Yeah. I mean, like, the, what is the Heine dance? Or the mind I shaft. would do the Heine dance. You know, like when kids had to go pee when you were potty training, they did the pee-pee dance. They would, you know, your kid would like kind of, you'd know they had to pee because they would do the pee-pee dance. It's right, like, going, uh, oh, God, they're, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're wriggling they're like around. Wiggling. Like, oh, God, I got yeah. to go. Got to go. That is that what, what a fucking immature loser. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that should be the title of the show. Isn't it true? And I have a theory. Yes, whatever you're going to say. Yes. Guys like you <laughs> and Richard Lewis, comedians yeah. like you and Richard Lewis and a, and a couple of the other comics now yeah. are sort of becoming sex symbols. Oh, I've heard and, your I've heard your theory on this. And because they're, now they can use their their newfound status. To, Jerry Seinfeld. No, I think that honestly, the reason that it's been difficult for people like Richard Lewis and myself to get married is that we've had we've had dominating mothers who make it difficult to no, be willing. That's, a, look, lie. that's this, a lie. That's a lie. The problem I is, was on another cable show and have analyzed this. Uh, you don't like what he has to say because you have a dominating mother, uh, Howard. So you're 100%. shutting this out. That's and that makes no sense to me because he went on for years about how Ray was such a presence in his life. Why would he have to cut this off? And why would he object to it? Unless it's, you're right. He he hates it inherently, even though he brings it up, he hates it. And like, he brings up his looks, he brings up his looks and how ugly he is. But don't you say how ugly he is. Because Howard has to mythologize himself. And I Mm -hmm. think he's, you know, already has a narrative in his head about what Gary is supposed to be. So if it's going along with the narrative in his head about how he overcame being not attractive and is now banging this hot girl and it somehow 
you know, comes to a dead stop at he had a controlling mother that wasn't written into his head about his already thought out narrative about him. So now Mm -hmm. it's, oh, no, we can't cover this because then it's going to fall back on something I don't want to talk about. So Mm -hmm. I'm even though you're saying it's about this, I'm going to pretend you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. The problem so, is, you know, you know so many. Wait a second, Gary. You know so many women, yeah, who will, are willing to sleep with you because you're Gary Shanley. It would be impossible to commit to one woman at well, this point. Am I correct? You're not correct. I am because, correct because how many, many women here would sleep with Gary? Well, raise your hands. There are seven uh, women yeah. raising their hands. You can't sure. see this. No. Three of them are vice that's presidents good, of the helpful. E Network. <laughs> no, I mean that's a fantastic luxury in life. And why would why would you get married when you have all these? I didn't see anybody from? raise their hand. I saw some people raise their hand. All right, it's dark out there. To me, it's just an abyss. But you, all right, are you a happy man? No, you are not. Yes, happy. I am. I'm pretty happy. Fuck! I can't even breathe between listening to the questions, the answers. There's not even a fucking second of fucking silence in between response, question, response, question, response. Nothing. You could get it's, it's more out of Anne Hache getting dragged out of that burned house onto an ambulance than this she, interview. She'd be a better host right now than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anne. We love you. You're happy now because you have everything in life you want. So how long have you been with this particular girl? Five years. Five years. Yes, and yet no marriage. Yes, this is what you said. And you will not have the marriage. Uh, I, I indeed may get married someday because I would like to get married and have kids someday. What, you, what, would like I, what is it? What is Howard a rabbi? Like, what is this? <laughs> is, is he this talking like, to his dad? You, oh, what do you do with your reconciliation? Life? Like a confession? <laughs> this is so fucking ridiculous. It's awful, honestly. I think of myself as really struggling to be very normal and do all those normal things, not going off the other way and being some slick sort of showbiz. Will you make her sign a prenuptial agreement? Uh, yeah. You will. All right. All right. There it is. There is everything you wanted to know about. Gary but I'll Shanley. sign one also. You would sign one as well. Yeah. All right. Now That's that you've done the entire you program, know. you've been on my show now. It was a half hour interview one on one. Tell the truth. Was it not good? Uh, I'll, Scale I'll, of one to ten. How do you feel now? <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of fingers, Howard. It's eight. We're eight? almost two. We're almost two hand turkeys. <laughs> we're going to the toes. Um, I feel very awkward. Yeah. I, I feel used. Yes. I feel, are you sorry you came? Yes. You are. I feel. Uh, <laughs> would you come on? Be honest now. Would you recommend this to other celebrities? Celebrities are going to ask you no. what. Would. I would recommend it to anyone who enjoys being. Uh, uh, put in the hot seat. Well, wait a second. Uh, How did I put you in the hot seat? Didn't you? Didn't I make you look what? good? Didn't I give you a lot of? Oh, oh, oh Christ, oh. guys, guys! How, I feel like, how... like I feel like there's a fucking. I'm 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 taking a a queen queen bed and on my shoulders, and I just dropped it. When every time I pause this, I'm going, okay, breathe, take it easy. This is just madness. It's Madness. a verbal electrocution. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of the green mile. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we are literally that guy with the sponge that's not wet. Yeah. It just keeps going. Oh, God. We are in an electrocution chair and they didn't <laughs> wet the sponge. And the guy is just, you know, relegated to that chair 
bouncing back and forth, half With a dead. Flame, flaming head. <laughs> and everyone's oh. puking. <laughs> no. no, I did I not make you look so. good. You don't think so? I don't know. Do people think that I look good? How did he come off? Uh, then I take it all back and I give it a 10. You do give it a 10. Oh, there, that's awfully decent of you. Well, anyway, I do appreciate you coming on because there are a lot of people who are afraid to do the show. And I think you showed uh, a certain uh, bravery coming on the program. And I see, I For think. For me, it is. Yeah, and me. I know, I think you proved something. I think you said, hey, Howard's okay to do an interview with. Uh, I, I, he is okay. And anybody out there watching, any other celebrities. All right. <laughs> All right, the Larry Sanders Show. It's a real funny show. Gary Shandling, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you the next time on the Howard Stern interview. Yeah. Thank you, Howard. That was not painful. This wasn't as bad as I really thought it was going to be. <laughs> what did you expect? Hell. Hell. So you see some of the names here of camera operators, Scott DePace. Um, you're going to see some uh, familiar names in here. One second. Howard's <laughs> hair styled by Ralph. Makeup by these people, whatever, on this show. But hold on. Okay. Wardrobe provided by Henry, Henry, Henry du, Duarte. I don't know. Wardrobe styled by Becca Glesby. So I guess Ralph wasn't in charge of this, actually. But who knows? Uh, maybe hair, he had some kind of input. Was. Yeah, I think so. Don Buckwald, executive producer. Of course, he had to fucking crowbar himself Stay into that. So that's about it, guys. I don't know when the next episode is going to drop. Hopefully you're going to get more. We're not going to do every single one of them, but there are about four or five episodes I've earmarked, including Grace Slick one, the Moon Zappa one, the um, Suzanne Vega one, which I, is, I can't believe didn't get him fucking me too, to be honest with you, and just laughed out of show business completely. What about the that, Gene Simmons one? The Gene Simmons, the Kiss one, yeah, as well. I just need to get a better copy of it. But um, they're they're incredibly brutal. And if I can find the Richard Lewis one, we'll go through that too because it is absolutely a fucking train wreck on both ends. And Lewis might have been drunk during it. I hope he was. Um, and... Uh, Stern can't. I love that one because he can't actually control him. What? What's it? He loses it, just like the Ben Affleck, you know, one we covered. So, any closing thoughts, my dear? Uh, <laughs> Looking for the nearest pill bottle. <laughs> no, I just, you know, was hoping you would put a hefty bag over my head and <laughs> suffocate me slowly and take pictures, and then Guys. write the nearest, write the nearest press. <laughs> Yeah, guys, TK. we <laughs> for the win. OK, guys, we um, we got uh, we got more in store for you all this month. We're going to get on the uh, Hurricane Sandy saga. We'll be re we'll have recorded at least one episode um, going into the fall. And then um, when we get together with Ben, we're going to put out another Colford as well. So that one's that's coming down the pike. So we hope you enjoyed this one and we'll see you on the next one. We love you. Take care. Bye. <laughs> this guy sounds exactly like I was at a bachelor party when I was a longshoreman. This Cuban guy was drunk sitting right next to me, and this ugly stripper was giving me a lap dance. She put her ass, her spread ass, right in my face, and this Cuban guy kept going to me, Honey, eat the spider. <laughs> eat the spider. Eat the barking spider. <laughs> I mean, like he was possessed by something. And we're like, dude, what are you talking about? L like, what is the, what are, yeah, right, what's the spider? 